Good morning, everyone. My name is Alex. I'm the campus minister here uh, at Carlton. Uh, as Nat mentioned, we started a series last week called A Rich Spiritual Life, where we're looking at what, what, what does it mean to live, uh, cultivate a rich spiritual life uh, before God. Uh, we all have different experiences of our walk with God, but what should we expect from our spiritual experience? Uh, what does an authentic Christian spiritual life look like? And last week I spoke about three profound truths uh, of the Gospel, uh, what it tells us about our spiritual lives. And the first one, as kind of Nat referred to earlier, in Christ we are already deeply loved. Through Christ we are already deeply loved. Uh, in Christ we are already spiritual. We have the Holy Spirit. So we don't uh, spirituality is not something that we do to earn God's favour. Uh, all Christians are spiritual because we have the Holy Spirit. So uh, spirituality is not something that we attain. Not something we earn, not something we attain. And so it's really important that we're deeply anchored and planted in these truths so that we don't uh, get deceived by our feelings and our experiences which sometimes can tell us things differently to those first two things. And third, uh, Christian spirituality is less about uh, specific practices or tangible emotional experiences, but it's primarily about conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the goal of the Spirit's work in us, to make us more like Jesus. And that conformity to Christ is very practical. Uh, It's more about letting God's Word shape your character and your convictions and your concerns than getting through the Bible in a year. It's more about cultivating prayerfulness than making sure you get up at 5am to pray. It's more about actually living out what Jesus teaches than knowing all the answers to the tricky Bible questions. It's more about being kind and gentle and generous than maximising moments of intense feelings towards God. It's about conforming to the image of Jesus as we move through each day, each week, each year, in every part of our lives. And so last week uh, I encouraged us uh, to uh, grow in conformity to Christ consciously by practising some spiritual disciplines to help us grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, As uh, Natalie said, she was cultivating thankfulness. I wonder if you remembered to do that this week. Have we got any brave people out there that want to share uh, how they might have cultivated uh, some of of those spiritual disciplines this week? I did say something in the midweek news that I was going to do this, so... That's fine. You have time uh, this week to do it. So maybe, if you didn't do it this week, maybe consciously reflect on an area of your life that you might grow in godliness and do something specific about it. Well, today we're looking at the central role of God's Word, the role that it plays in cultivating a rich spiritual life, the key role it plays in conforming us to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today's, uh, uh, today's uh, time is really about two things. Firstly, it's reflecting on how God shapes us through his Word, and by his spirit, and two, it's about taking practical steps on how we can be shaped by God's word from day to day. So let's begin now by turning to Colossians 1, 
Uh, make sure you've got your news sheet with you. There's a couple of things that's in there that are helpful. Uh, all the things that Nat talked about with the notices, but also on the inside there's an outline of where we're going today. You might find it helpful uh, to write some notes, but also we have the readings there as well. Now, as we turn to Colossians 1, I want to just notice a couple of things and it should be up on the screen as well. Firstly, notice what Paul prays for the Colossians. In in verse 9 he prays uh, that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. And the reason that he prays for this is because it's through that knowledge of God's will that the Colossians will live, live lives worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lives that bear the fruit of the Spirit in every good work. So he's praying for knowledge of God's will uh, so their lives may bear spiritual fruit. And how will that knowledge of God come? How will it come? Well, it comes through his word. That's how you find out what a person's will is, their desires, their, their plans are. You don't guess, or you can guess, but you might be wrong. They speak. They tell you. In other words, it's through God's word that the Colossians will be conformed, that they will live lives worthy, that they will bear spiritual fruit for Christ. So that's the first thing. Knowledge of God's will. Second thing I want you to notice through verse 9 is how that knowledge of God's will will come. How God's word will become effective in their lives. It's there on the screen. Through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. It's through the wisdom and understanding the Spirit gives. So according to Paul here, how will God conform the Colossians to Christ? How will he conform us? To Christ. Well, it's through his word and the empowering work of the Spirit. So that means uh, if we want to grow in Christ-likeness, if we want our lives to be genuinely Christian and genuinely spiritual, we can't bypass God's word. God's word is a word that's centred on the Lord Jesus Christ and breathed into us through the power of the Spirit. And we need to be very clear about that. The reason is because we can centre spirituality on other things. We can centre it on intense feelings or special experiences. Sometimes it can be the singing, it's the music, it's the vibe, the emotion. That's what becomes the most spiritual experience. It can be quiet times in nature. Well, those things could be a spiritual experience. But they also could be an emotional experience, just an emotional experience. A Christian spiritual experience uh, has spirit-breathed content that's about God, the Father, and his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, centred on them. That's what the Spirit does. He testifies to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember our previous series in John's Gospel. In John 15, Jesus said this about the work of the Spirit. When the Advocate comes, who I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. So spiritual experience will be God-centred and Christ-centred experiences. And so we can't bypass 
God's word if we want an authentically Christian spirituality. And the primary way that God's word comes to us, the way we hear God speak, is through the scriptures. So that also means you can't bypass the scriptures if we want an authentic Christian spirituality. Now you may have heard something like this. I think God is saying to me, you need to listen to God in prayer. God may speak personally to somebody, maybe while they're praying, maybe we will hear God's voice while we'll pray. But God has spoken to all of us definitively through his prophets and he has ultimately revealed himself to us in his son Jesus Christ. This is from Hebrews. In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. And that revelation of Jesus was entrusted to the apostles and we have their testimony recorded authoritatively for us in the New Testament scriptures. This is from 2 Peter. You should remember the words spoken in the past by the Holy Prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Saviour spoken through your apostles. So God's word is key to genuine Christian spirituality. And since the scriptures are the written word of God, they are key to spiritual growth in our conformity to Christ. All scripture is God-breathed, says Paul to Timothy, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness that the servant of God may become thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you want to hear God speak? Do you want to be conformed to Christ? Do you want a rich spiritual life? Well, you need to immerse yourself in the Bible. Well, not a particularly sexy conclusion, is it? Immerse yourself in the Bible. But the reality is, if we want to hear God speak to us, we don't need to do a course on discerning God's voice. God has spoken and he's speaking his spirit-breathed words to us. Right here. Of course, that doesn't mean God won't speak directly to you. He may give you a vision like he did Isaiah. and You might fall down, wondering if you're going to die. He may do that. But he doesn't promise it. And so to live your life expecting or craving something from God that he doesn't promise just really sets you up for a fall. But if what you yearn for, what you long for, is God to speak to you, well then he's already done it. He's done it in the scriptures. Brothers and sisters, God's word is powerful. It's effective. And it's key for our spiritual growth. It creates, it judges, It destroys from 2 Peter. By God's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water. 
By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. It's a powerful word. It pierces hearts and souls from Hebrews. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It unfailingly accomplishes God's purposes. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word is powerful and effective and and it's what gives spiritual growth in Christ from beginning to end. It gives us new birth. From James he chose to give us birth through the word of truth. It sustains his people. Jesus answered in Matthew, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The Christian life is about continuing in Jesus' word. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Every aspect of our spiritual lives are dependent on the word of God. It's how we come to faith. It's how we're sustained. It's how we're conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a rich spiritual life. Well, how much would you pay to have God speak to you? Imagine you could have God speaking into your life to share his mind on his purposes, to answer the big questions that you've been wanting to know, to give you wisdom to live through each day, wisdom about your relationships, your decisions, tricky uh, tricky situations. How much would you pay for that? So I said, through this phone... God's going to speak to you through it. It's a special phone. If you have it, God will speak to you. If you knew for sure it was 100% genuine and effective, how much would you fork out for it? How long would you queue at the Apple store for this? You can see where I'm going, right? Why don't we value the scriptures like this? Why? What's happened? What's gone wrong? Imagine dying of thirst in a downpour. Looks a bit like yesterday. The irony is we we feel like sometimes we're dying of thirst in our spiritual lives when we have such easy access to God's sustaining and powerful word right on our shelves and on our devices, on our phones. It's ironic and it's sad. It's like dying of thirst in a downpour. So what's going on? What's what's gone wrong? Is it simply a matter of willpower of greater spiritual discipline. Just just try harder. Just get up earlier. 
Just get your priorities right. I don't think the answer is more willpower or discipline or a new routine, or at least it's not the whole answer. might be some of the answer. Now, I reckon it's how we view the Bible. That's the problem, the main problem. We often don't love and delight in it because we don't see it for the treasure that it really is. And we don't see it for the treasure that it really is because we forget whose word it really is. So how do I grow in love? How do I grow to treasure the Bible, God's word? Maybe the first step is to start seeing them for what they really are, God's very words to us. It's easy to forget what the Bible is. It's easy for the Bible to become anonymised, commodified, pixelised, right? It's just another text, another download of information. And when that happens, it's easy to come to it not really expecting God to speak to you, to not expect to be changed or enlivened or, or transformed. And so maybe part of the answer is to consciously practising, remembering what the Bible is. When you see the Bible on your shelf, on your desk, on your phone, wherever it is, what do you see? It's God's word to us. That's what it is. Maybe the kind of uh, medieval Christians were onto something when they uh, put together elaborately illustrated and gold-leaf Bibles to remember exactly how precious it was. Maybe if our, in our Bibles they were in kind of gold lettering or something, we'd, we'd remember. Listen to how the psalmist treasured God's word. Let their enthusiasm inspire you. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find my delight. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. All from Psalm 119. Uh, Part of cultivating, I think, and sustaining this kind of long-term love for the Scriptures is being realistic about what that love looks like. It's not always that really kind of strong first date infatuation kind of love. That can happen. I've had times like that uh, as a Christian, as a young Christian, I remember uh, one night staying up pretty much the whole night to read the New Testament. That can, that can happen sometimes. But it's not always like that, is it? Long-term love, like relationships, is also fed by the will, a deliberate commitment of attending to the other person. And out of that commitment, our love grows and becomes stronger. I wonder if that's the same in our relationship with God and his word as well. 
as we listen to him more and more in the scriptures, as we heed him, as we are shaped by him, our love for his word will grow and grow and flourish and mature. If that's true, then I, think, I don't think the answer to treasuring the Bible, to loving his word, is just kind of waiting for the feelings to arise, waiting for God to do his thing. The answer, actually, is just to start. Start reading the Bible. Start listening. Start relating. Start heeding. And the more you do that, the more you might be able to say with the psalmist, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. If growing in delight uh, in God's word is something that you would like to do, uh, here's something that I found helpful before. It's a book by Christopher Ashe called Bible Delight. It's really a meditation on Psalm 119. Uh, Write it down if you want. I'll uh, send out the resource during the week. But if that's something that you would like to explore, uh, I can put you onto that resource. Well, I want to finish uh, this morning just by thinking through some practicalities. Um, How do I do this? What does it look like to read and to listen to God's word in such a way that would shape me to be like Jesus? Is it like this from Psalm 1? Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law all day and night. Is that what it looks like? Reading it 24-7. No sleep. Well, I think there's a bit of poetic licence here. And this is really, is the king uh, speaking, who did, of course, have other things to do. However, the goal uh, in our Christian culture can usually be the daily quiet time, right? A devotional reading of scripture each day. Now, that can be a great thing to do, but it can't be the goal. It can't be the main objective, a particular routine. That would be the means masquerading as the end. The goal can't be having a regular quiet time. The goal must be to know and love God more and more and in particular to be encouraged and comforted, challenged and changed by the Spirit through his word. That's got to be the goal, to be conformed to the image of Christ in my life. And that comes through being shaped by God's word, not through having a particular routine. And the point made again and again in the Bible uh, is that heart retention, heart shaping by God's word is key, not just reading it. Because we can read something, right? We can read the Bible without really retaining it, can't we? Just kind of skipping over it. It's possible to read a large section of scripture each day and not really be changed at all. Our lives are full of lots of things, activity, information, worries, concerns. It's easy for God's word really just to be swept away. And so the way the Bible talks about how this shaping process works is not through just reading but through meditation. That's what Psalm 1 says, meditating on God's word. And Psalm 119 actually 
mentions this meditation seven times in it. Oh, how I love your law. I meditated on it all day long. What is this idea of meditation? It's not really an emptying of the mind as kind of we might understand it. It's a filling of the mind actually. God's word. It involves reflection and pondering, mulling, dwelling, repeating, ruminating, reciting, contemplating. You can see I use my synonyms on my Microsoft Word document. All so that God's word would soak in deep to us, shaping, transforming, renovating our heart, our mind and our soul. That's what I think the psalmist really means. Not reading the Bible 24-7, not even having a daily one-hour quiet time, but meditation, having God's words shape them each day. And if the means to maturity, to conforming to the image of Christ, is meditating on God's word, if that's the way that we want to go, then we have freedom I think, to be creative. Freedom to be creative. It's not having a a particular style. It's about taking God's word seriously and letting it soak into you each day. So what will help you do that? Well, a good regular quiet time will help you do that. And even if it's not daily, spending time in God's word on a regular basis is a really helpful thing to do. And I think that should form part of our spiritual lives. Something else that will help you, listening to the Bible read each day as you walk or driving will help. I've got this on my phone, this app. He's a good reader of the Bible, good old David Suchet. But you could find something uh, that works for you, whether you listen to it on your computer, in your car, on your phone. Our Bible reading notes also help me as well. Uh, here's an example of one. Uh, I can point you to this resource if you're interested, but really what it has is a small passage of scripture and just a couple of questions to help uh, really engage with that passage. You can also listen to good sermons or or podcasts or Christian songs. Uh, Bible Project is a great resource for some podcasts and things like that. They're all helpful ways to meditate on God's truth. I'll put a Bible passage on your on your phone, on your screensaver, on your computer. Put them around the house, on the doors of your bedroom, on your fridge, bathroom, study, office, kitchen. Tastefully, of course. Read it by yourself. Read it with others. Talk about it with others. Make sure you're regular at church. It'd be great to chat about what you heard, what we heard Afterwards, over morning tea, you could join one of our, our connect groups where we gather together and one of the things we do in our small groups is to discuss God's word. Join morning prayer on Zoom, another great way to have God's word soak into you. Do it in a visible way as we share the Lord's Supper. There's an article uh, that I'll just uh, will come up on the screen by our own Peter Adam, who's going to come up to pray, which really uh, talks more about this idea 
of meditating on God's word. And you can look it up, Google Peter Adam meditation on scriptures, press return and you'll find it. The point is to embrace God's word, to soak in it, to meditate, to choose, to delight in it. Let it shape and mould you each day so that through it, by the empowering work of the Holy Spirit, you would be conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray?